Welcome to Haunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that shocked everyone. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were true crime, history, and the paranormal me. Now who doesn't love a good ghost story, right? Welcome to Haunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. And it's just me again this week for our opening. Coming up is the last part of our conversation with Orange County Sheriff Investigator Bob Taft. Looking back at the last year and a half, I would have originally thought that we would end up doing many more episodes to complete the story of Dorothy Jane Scott. During this last year, we visited the area where her remains were found off Santa Ana Canyon in Anaheim Hills twice. And I don't care what Haley and Bob said. It was like hiking, regardless of their opinion. We also visited the hospital where she disappeared. And during it all, we got to know her son, Shanti, or Sean, as he goes by. And I feel like in a way we got to know Dorothy. No one deserves to go through what Dorothy went through or what her parents, siblings, son, or friends have gone through in the years since. It's here that I want to remind people it's not a crime to not report a crime. Whether it happened four minutes ago or 40 plus years, like in the case of Dorothy Jean Scott, if you know something about a crime that's been committed, you won't be in trouble for coming forward now. Even if you worked at Swinger Psych Shop or Custom John's back in the day and thought something was weird or off that you never told anyone, it's okay to call now and tell what you know. You never know if your information is a piece that's missing that can help the investigator close a case and bring closure to a family that's been waiting decades for answers. In October, On the Case with Paula Zahn, a TV show will be airing an episode we all participated on about Dorothy. They talked to Bob, Sean, Dorothy's brother, a crime blogger, and me, if I made the cut, I don't know. And even Pam Head, who was the last one to have seen Dorothy that night in 1980. You'll be able to find the episode on Discovery+. Plus. Up next is our part three of our conversation with investigator Bob Taft of the Orange County Sheriff's Department. How many people do you know, do you know the number of people that were talked to in regards to her case? Dozens. Dozens of people were. And it would have happened when she went missing, and then again four years later after her body was found. And after her body was found, it moved from the UCI police to the Anaheim police. Now it's an Orange County Sheriff's case. Yes. Is that because it happened in an unincorporated area? Uh, Well, actually, I'm not really sure why we took it over from Anaheim. Because that technically is within the city of Anaheim's jurisdiction. Right. But uh, I know there was a determination determination made at the time by the district attorney's office that the sheriff's department was going to take over jurisdiction. Okay. So Dorothy was also found with, um, her remains were found with her watch and her turquoise ring. Yes. And you and I talked about this from like literally back in April. Is there any chance that Sean is going to get the jewelry back? Or is the sheriff going to hold on to that? Uh... I can't say whether or not they're going to release it. Me personally, I don't think there's a need for us to hold on to it okay. because um, there's really no evidentiary value to That's those That's what I was going to say. There can't so, be at this point, right? There's no... So if you're asking me personally, I don't have a problem with them returning those to her. Do you... So, is that something that you're going to work on or you're going yes. to ask? Okay, because... I think that's a point of I, I know part of it, usually with homicide investigations, we don't like to release anything. Anything out of the file. 41 years later, though. Correct. 41 years later, and probably, I mean, I'm not even saying probably, there's no evidentiary value to 
her watch and her ring. Yes, and I think the only reason they collected them, obviously, at the time and, because they and were didn't release the them is because at the time she was unknown. She was a Jane Doe. How long so, did it take for them to figure out it was her? Was it two I weeks say it was a month. Oh, was it Within that a month. So her parents didn't know. Because initially they, don't, they didn't have dental records, so they had to track down dental records. Okay, so her parents knew that they were trying to determine if it was her. So they had to wait a month to determine. Yeah. Because the dad mentioned they, that it was a relief. Yeah, I, I don't even, I don't, I don't recall if they even brought it to her folks' attention. Well, for the dental records, they probably could have possibly been her. At least so. find out her dental records, right? Have we talked about like the distance between UCI to where she was found? Like it's close-ish, but it's not that. Close. It's not close. okay. So the distance from the hospital to where her car was found was thirteen miles. The distance from her car to where her body was found was twenty-two miles. Twenty-something. Yeah, it wasn't. It was kind of a big, like, diamond. Yes. Basically, it's a, di- it's like a triangle. Like, mm-hmm. it is a triangle, right? Like, you guys here, the car was over here, and then her body was found here. Right. That's weird. Now, you said they spoke to dozens of people. There was not a real suspect. But one of the persons of interest was um, a man named Mike, Mike Butler. Yes. Mike Butler. Now, you have listened. Um, there's recordings of his initial interview, correct? Yes. What is your general, and, and before I kind of like release this big, huge news that nobody's ever had, listening to Mike Butler, the police never arrested him. They never had evidence that he actually, but when you go on any of the websites, any of the Reddits or listen to any podcast, everybody seems to think that Mike Butler, because he was a quirky guy. Is he that the way you would describe guy, him? Yes. He's kind of off. He was kind of different. Uh, I would say he's a little bit different. Um, and in listening to the interviews, uh, he talked a little bit slow, but maybe that was just the type of person that he was. Not slow mentally-wise, but slow tempo-wise. He definitely, like from the stuff that I've read, and I'm curious about your opinion, he didn't mind the attention he was getting for these interviews and things like that. Like, it was kind of like an excitement in his life. And I think that uh, happens it, it with a lot of been. people. It could have been. I know in the in the interview that I listened to, he didn't seem overly excited during that interview. He was just But he was very... more than willing to answer any questions. Yes, absolutely. The whole entire time. Now, he was, was he their number one person of interest back then? I wouldn't say there was a number one person of interest, okay. but I know the initial UCI investigators did conduct an interview with him. Okay. Just UCI, did Anaheim ever go back and talk to him? Uh, I don't believe so. I think UCI was the only one that ever... What about the Orange County Sheriff? Never spoke to him after her body was found? They did, but he was living in Washington at the time. By then. So it was was remote. It was a remote interview. So the one thing that no one knows when they talk about it on all the different sites is... And people assume that Mike Butler loved Dorothy from afar. But that's not far... There's far... That's the farthest from the truth. He was an actual... He was in her inner circle. Yes. Yes, they were and friends. They actually spoke about getting married at one point. Correct. And I'm um, going through Sean when one of the times that we met with him brought his baby book, and Dorothy sweetly wrote notes about every single thing in Sean's life for that first four years. And this is where a lot of people talk about her being a Christian, and she did become sort of a born again Christian with her brother, and she even wrote like in the baby book like for his first birthday that Jesus was at his party. She, Mike Butler is all over that book. People portray him as being someone outside her circle. 
because he, and people clinch the fact that, oh, it's Mike Butler who did it because he worked as a mechanic really close to where the, the stores were. Yes. And his sister worked with Dorothy. Yes. So everybody surmises that, well, Mike Butler would have had the information about Conrad going to the hospital and the information about her scarf because the sister, his sister worked with her and would have been at that meeting that night. But no one understands that Mike Butler was a huge part of Dorothy's life. Like, Correct. Literally to the point that they discussed getting married. Yes. And, and they were, I think that it was Mike's initiative that got Delore, uh, got Dorothy into religion. So was that's, it? That I was thought it was their, her brother. That so was, was their Mike? common. That was their common theme that they were both very religious. And I know Mike was not happy about her working at the, at the head shop. shop due to the you know the nature of the business and you know their Christian beliefs. Really, and people talk about Mike being part of the occult that he had a different religion aside from Christian. That's not true. Uh, I none of that is documented in anything. That so I've he seen. was like sort of okay. Did. Mike know about the phone calls before she went missing. He didn't. They, they were very close. They were together a lot. So I can't imagine that she wouldn't have told Mike about the phone calls. Correct. And she knew Did Mike he say from that the time the, that she moved to California from For Missouri, years, right? Yes. Yeah. So they, they knew each other for several years. And he was at all the family functions. And this is the thing that I want everyone to really think about that, that have heard other stories about this is there is no way that Vera, Jacob, or Dorothy would not have recognized Mike's, Mike's voice. voice. It's just not possible. So then we can go back to the theory that the person calling really had nothing to do with her disappearance, which to me is weird because he literally was telling her he was going to do what ended up happening to her. Yeah. Um, so either that person is not the same person, but it really does not pinpoint that Mike is the one who did this to her. Was Mike, during the interviews, was he devastated about what happened with Dorothy, or was he more matter-of-fact about it? He was more matter-of-fact about it. Is that weird? But I don't know if that was just his personality, or... Because some people are not very emotional, no matter what the circumstances are. Were your... What was your inner instinct when you were listening to him? Is this the guy? Uh, I did not get that impression, no. Okay, and clearly the police didn't back then either. No. And his sister has maintained his innocence... For 41 years. His sister was a famous singer, and I'm not going to put her on blast. I don't know if other people have done it or not, but she's a, tech, a Google search away. She was very famous. And, and that was the environment that Dorothy was in, the whole music Correct. environment. That's what in initially days. brought her to California. From Missouri. Missouri. The other suspect that people bring up is Sean's biological dad, but his biological dad was not even in the state that night. No. That day. Okay, so like he There's was... There's no indication that he was here. He was here a couple weeks prior. Visiting yes, Sean, visiting Sean. Uh, and all the interviews said that they drove him to the bus stop, he got on the bus and left, and he also had a receipt for a, a bus ticket. And Dorothy's dad said she he called him at home that night, or that next day, called him and he was at home in Missouri. So he was not a suspect. No. At all. Like he well, was pretty much eliminated pretty quickly. He was... He was not the focus of the investigation. You never want to say that, you know, he somebody's it, never right. Uh, right. a suspect, but he was not the focus, focus of the investigation. So who else was a focus besides Mike Butler? That was, that was pretty much it. They really didn't have a lot of good investigative leads. Okay, so now here's my big thing, because I, it, and this has only come up since we've got to know Sean more. And um, 
one of the other things about Mike Butler is that he lived in the San Diego Hills, which technically are not far from Santa Ana Canyon. So that was like a big thing that people always pinpoint for Mike Butler yes. is that he would have had access to information about the hospital, would have had access to information about what she was wearing that night. And he would have, the drive from San Diego Canyon to Santa Ana Canyon was not a significant drive. Mm-hmm. It was all rural driving. There are other people that in Dorothy's life that through you taking over the case that you found out through that, that there are people in Dorothy's life that actually were never interviewed back in 1980 or 1984. Yes. So there are people that you're still interested in speaking with. Correct. I find it so odd that a woman goes missing from a hospital, like a busy, an emergency room hospital. Her car is found in a public place burning. Her body is found on the road and there's no person of interest except for the one that no one ever publicized was a close personal friend of hers. And yes. Very, I mean, the police obviously knew that, that Mike Butler and, and Dorothy were very close. And maybe that's why to them, like he was a person of interest, but he was never a suspect because it was, it just doesn't make sense. He, he truly did love He did. Dot. Yes, he did. And so do you find it weird now? Is it different now than it was back in 1984? Would you have more people to pull from now, do you think? Well, like I'm records, looking at groups I'm, that she belonged to. The the technology nowadays is exponentially different than it was back then. You know, there there are numerous additional resources we have available now that didn't even exist back then. Like you cell know, phones, like, like where cell her car phones, had been, where uh, she know, had social been. media. You know, obviously people are aware that they can track cell phone locations. I mean, you can so, track my car now. Like, I park somewhere and walk away from my car, and five minutes later I get a notification about where exactly my car is parked. Yes. So the, the technology is, is non-comprehensible what we can do now compared to what was available back then. So for me to look at it through 2021 investigator eyes uh, is different than looking at it through either 1980 or 1984 investigator's eyes. But basically her case isn't closed. Her case is not closed. On no. a scale of, um, like, of a scale of 1 to 10, her case is still 50-50 solvable, correct? Well, maybe I'm optimistic, but I, I think that every unsolved case is solvable. solvable. But there's no DNA in this case. Like, a lot of cold cases are now being... Are being focused on DNA, yeah. Right. That's her, not an option with Dorothy's case. Because her remains were... Two years old or older. Yeah. Well, four years old. Four, yeah, we just never determined for sure that right. it. They, I mean, her body could have ended up there that same night before they Correct. even found her car, or it could have been two years later. We yes. don't know. We don't know. We just kind of hope it was probably that night. Yes. And she did not suffer more than she did. I mean, the fear must have been so real. And it, it's funny because, I, again, I keep saying how I don't have theories, and I have so many theories on this case is that I feel like whoever abducted her from the parking lot that night was someone, A, she knew, and someone who probably told her something happened to Sean. Like, I got to get you home. Like, I don't see Dorothy leaving her friends there. Yeah, well, unless it was some sort of true abduction. Unless uh, it was someone who grabbed her through in the car and correct. drove away. And because, yes, it seems for you and I, if I'm there supposedly to take care of somebody and take them home, I'm just going to hop in my car and drive away for whatever reason. Yeah, even, even if your son was... Right. Yeah, she would swing by, pick them up, like, hey, get in, I got to go. Yeah. Especially so, if she's, if they saw her drive past them, yes. she could have easily just stopped and, on the corner and, and said, get in, we have to go. And both Pam and Conrad said, hey, we tried to flag her down. Yeah. Her, she was not stopping, or whoever was in the car okay. was not stopping. Now, on the 
episode that we did again, um, we will be on a TV show on this investigation discovery. I think it's investigation discovery mm-hmm. called "On the Case with Palazan." They they contacted you originally because they came across the case. Yes, and they decided to include all of us. I still don't know why they're going to include a part. They they told me numerous times they've never had a podcaster on. They've had reporters and stuff like that, but this is the first time they've had a podcaster. So I will end up in about three seconds of it. I think I said <laughs> maybe two lines that were worthy of being aired. You will be on it for the entire time, and all those things that we've covered in this episode is going to be covered on the show. Is yes. it pretty much the same? Is uh, there- I'm assuming so. I uh, We talked about briefly, like, we don't know what they're what they're actually going to do. Air. Yes. Um, they did get to speak to Pam. Who else was in the show? Her um, Dor- Dorothy's brother, Jim, is yes. on the episode because we met him that day when we went to film. And Sean is going to be in the episode, which is amazing. And I don't know if Sean, initially when we first started talking about this case back in April, uh, the podcast was going to, I was going to do an interview with you. And then in um, conversation with Sean and a conversation with the crime blogger, I don't know if that's going to happen now. I don't. And, and it's fine either way. We went through that whole TV show thing, like we all met mm-hmm. in that hotel and went through a lot of Dorothy's stuff. And then Sean and I had taken the crime blogger to where her remains are found. So I don't know that we're going to carry this episode into talking to Sean. I would love for him to convey how he's felt for the last 41 years. But I think that I think this whole thing has been very hard on him. I Absolutely. Think. Even I, I couldn't put myself in his shoes whatsoever. No. And he's just the kindest man. He's just really. I don't think that he's had an easy life. He was raised by his grandparents and um, probably lived in the shadow of his mom. His grandparents loved his mom dearly and his uncle, you know, like she had siblings too. So he grew up with all these people that knew his mom and he was only four. Mm -hmm. So he basically grew up with an impression of his mom, not necessarily a memory of his mom. And I can't imagine that's easy for anybody. And he has um, a, a few times struggled having this conversation. And when I initially talked to him, I had said that my biggest thing is I wanted to talk to you because I wanted to get her jewelry for his daughters. He has daughters too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he'll do an episode with me at this point. I think that had we had we recorded this seven months ago, Correct. he would have done it. But I think after going through the TV show and stuff, it's bringing up memories and things that maybe you don't want in your face every single day. So I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, I will definitely do a show with him. If he chooses to, but it's not something that I'm going to pursue to do with him. Overall, looking at this case, not having the genetic or the DNA, there's still a chance that Dorothy's case could be solved. Well, like I said, I'm I'm the perpetual optimist. I I hope that every case that I look at could be solved. Can you tell us if you have information? Is this case one of those cases? And I don't know if you can, and it's fine if you just tell me no comment. Um... Is this case one of those cases where you have information that if you were contacted by someone with um, evidence or information or even just thoughts, is there information that you, the sheriff's department has that nobody else has that would confirm yes or no if if the murderer came forward or if you figured out who it was? Uh, I can't comment that on that. You can't say that. No. Because like I said, there's there's... There's things regarding investigations like we talked about that only 
only the killer people. would know. Right. So if I say, yeah, we're looking for this, then... No, I mean, know, I don't want to know what it is, but is is there something? Is I mean, are you allowed to tell me whether there is something? Well, sometimes you don't no know. You, you don't know what it is until you hear it. Okay. So... So it's not like there's like one smoking gun where you're like, yep, we got him. Correct. Like, well, I don't think there ever is. I don't think there's don't ever think so. a single, you know, unless you find the, the, the gun or the bullet or something. Right, right, right. That forensically matches, them, then though. yes. So. And we don't even know what her cause of death was. No. There was no way to tell from nope. her bones. Has anyone, if it's even worth it, has anyone now thought about going back to where her body was found to do more? Digging for her more, uh, they for more have bones. Right, they haven't. Well, I, I know did extensive. Anaheim did a, a pretty extensive search at the time, and they've had they had search crews out there over the course of a week on multiple occasions looking for additional items, and they've never found anything. They've never else. found anything other than what was initially collected. I know that they in one of the articles they had said they had brought the explorer explorers out into Correct. the line walk where they literally walked from like the road. Um, way past 30 feet to um, determine if any other bones were found or anything other information was found. And her ring and watch were just found in the area too. Just Yes. And her mom identified that as hers. Yes. Like we know that that was hers. The um, other thing, the last thing that I wanted to mention is that this person of interest, Mike Butler, he actually died in 2014. So he's not even alive anymore. Correct. But he... His sister is still alive, and he has maintained his innocence for the last 40, you know, until he died. He has people in his life, when he moved up to Washington, that speak very highly of him. He was never in trouble with the law and never did anything like, like, he, as far as a viable suspect, like, I guess that was my question, my last question to you, is that someone who did this to Dorothy, is it typically something someone does one time? You never know. Yeah, I don't think you can pigeonhole that person that, to one thing. To one it just thing depends on why or what. It, it depends on the circumstances. You know, if it's a passion killing, then yeah, that may be a single one and they never do anything again. Obviously, you have serial killers out there. You have people that abduct people for sexual gratification. So you, you just never know. And Dorothy's never been looked at as a, a serial killer victim. Or was that something that they all looked at? I mean, there were serial killers all over the place in the 80s. Like California was literally brimming with them. It was, and, and unfortunately, uh, because a lot of these cases run together in my mind, I don't know if she was specifically looked at with regards to any particular any serial, serial killer. killers. And the phone calls are right, kind of throw that off a little bit too, isn't it? Cause yes. Whoever has there ever been an FBI profile on the person who did this too? No. Do you think that's something that you would do now? Uh, I know I've tried it. I tried it on Carrie's case, and unfortunately, they're. Is this uh, not enough information? Well, they're way overtaxed. So uh, I think they focus more on current more investigations current than past investigations. So, okay. Are there more cold cases you want to do together? There's always more cold cases I want to do. You do? So, yes. so you'll come back after we see if we get this one approved? Absolutely. Okay. You're not going to stop talking to me anyways, are you? No. Okay. The case of Dorothy Jane Scott isn't closed. Her parents died in 1994 in 2002, not knowing what happened to their daughter. I hope her son doesn't suffer that same fate. Sean and his daughters, Dot's grandchildren, and her brother are all victims too. Someone out there knows or suspects what happened to Dot that night in 1980. Your information can help a family to get the answers they deserve. If you know anything about the disappearance and murder of Dorothy Jane Scott, please call the Orange County Sheriff's Department at 714 
647-7055. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. We love hearing from you, so be sure to like, follow, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode, links to our Patreon page, and all of our social media platforms. Until next time, I'm Kat. I'm Haley. Remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost.